Greetings, everybody. It's me, Essence, and I'm here again with another episode of Bible Stud Tea. I hope you have been enjoying the studies that we've been having thus far. Okay, we are diving into the word and I hope you have realized that the Bible is not boring. So anyone who's new to Bible study, what it is, is it's like Bible study, right? But we're going through the Bible and I am spilling the tea on what really went down. I hear too often that people are like, oh, I can't get into the Bible. It's just too boring. This word of God is far from boring. Like if you actually read it and look into it a little further, you will be like, whoa, the people that God used, he used sometimes the grimiest of the grimy, the people who would be in the world standard considered unworthy. Those are the people who used to handle his business and to um, be you. Those were the people that were used by God to give him glory. And that shows you that it doesn't matter who you are or what you've been through. God can use you. You're never too far gone. God can use you whether you're within his will or without or out of his will. And so I wanted to dive deeper. I felt like God put it in place it in my spirit. Um, I had a conversation with one of my friends and she was like, girl, you should do that. And we kind of like, we're talking about it. And then I told someone else and they're like, yes, do that. And I was like, okay, like say less. Like, what am I doing? Why am I talking about this? Like God put it in my spirit. I need to make this happen. And so that's where Bible study was birthed from. It was birthed from God. He put it in my spirit and I'm trying to be obedient. But, um, too often people are like, the Bible is boring. And so I'm like, where, like, if you're reading the Bible, it is far from boring. There is not only tea, like I said, to be spilled. But there is also a lot of like the Bible is instructions on how we need to live so that we can be closer to God and do his will and give him glory and so on. So what I am, um, what my goal is, is to share the word of God and let you know that there's a lot that really goes down in it. And then also apply like lessons and nuggets that we get from the word as we go through it and we study. So if you have any nuggets that like God places in your spirit, when we're doing a study, go ahead and drop a comment. You just let me know, um, put it in the comments, say whatever you got to say. Hopefully it's all in love. If not, and if I'm not, um, you know, if you see something a different way, then share that too. Okay. So a little bit about me. My name is Essence. I have two babies. I am married. My husband, man, um, and I have a podcast called Love and Honor. We have it on um, wherever you stream podcasts, so like Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, et cetera, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And then we also are on YouTube. So we have a channel on YouTube and it's Love and Honor. And we do um, our like what we talk about is parenting, marriage, and life. Okay. So we talk about all kinds of stuff, the stuff we're going through, um, looking at things from a Christian perspective. And when I say Christian, I don't want it to be lumped in with like, Oh, it's super religious because it's more so about Christ following using the word of God as our foundation. God is our foundation. And then, you know, um, putting those practices, putting the, the instructions that God gave us into any aspect of our life and allowing him to have his way. And that's my goal for this podcast, as far as anything else, Bible study, whatever, I want God to have his way and work through me and through any ministry that I'm a part of. And I want him to get the glory. And so today we're talking about Genesis nine. We're going to be going over Genesis nine. And so I did um, a couple of things. If you've been watching or if you haven't changed it up a little bit. So 
when I first started, I would read the entire chapter of the book, you know, whatever it is that we were going through that day. And then I would kind of talk about it. So I'll read a little, talk about it, read a little, talk about it. But then it kind of didn't fit what I originally envisioned for Bible study, which was like, share it with you. Like I'm spilling the tea and then like pulling out whatever lessons God gave us or just telling the story as, you know, and making it plain because sometimes people have a hard time with understanding the word of God. And so if you know, someone who, if you're someone who's been seeing the different episodes and you're like, ah, it would, you know, if you have feedback or if there's something that you like that I don't do, then, you know, drop me an email. You can send me an email to B-I-B-L-E-S-T-U-D-T-E-A at gmail.com. And I'll be happy to respond. Or sometimes, you know, I love feedback because I might want to put it into practice if it's something that I feel that God is like confirming. So, there you go. And that's how you get in contact with me. Um, you can also use the comments. And I, if you have any prayer requests, feel free to send me an email. Okay, so that's enough talking, right? One more thing. Please, please, please like, share, comment, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. So whenever I go, I drop a new episode, you are notified. Okay, so I feel like that's, you know, taking care of home. Now, um, let's get into the word, okay? So I'm just going to, we're going to start with prayer and I'm going to get into it. So dear, most gracious and heavenly father, I thank you so much for another day. I pray for myself and every person who is on this podcast that you speak to us and you have your way through us and that we are obedient to what you call us to do. I pray that you allow us to get nuggets from your word. Help us to understand it correctly, Lord God, and help us to share with others so that you are glorified. I pray that Holy Spirit has his way and that Holy Spirit is leading every study that we do. I pray that any person who is hurting, Lord God, that chains are broken now in the name of Jesus and you are a restorer, you revive life, you revive whatever it is that um, we need in us revived. Help us to grow and be led by you always. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Okay, guys, so today we're talking about Genesis 9. So up to this point, we've been going through Genesis, okay? So there's been a lot that's been going on. We started with Adam and Eve. We saw creation of Adam and Eve. We saw the downfall of mankind, okay? Like when they fail. So if you haven't seen the previous episodes, I encourage you to go back and listen. Um, and then after that, we went into Cain and Abel and what really went down um, when Cain took Abel's life. And then now, and then it goes into um, Noah. And so we have been in Noah for, I think a few episodes now. And this episode, um, that we're, what we're talking about in Genesis nine, Noah and his children and their spouses and his spouse and all the animals are off the boat. Okay. They're off the ark. And so it starts out in Genesis nine, God is telling, he's blessing Noah and Shem, Ham and Japheth, which are his three sons. He's giving them a blessing and he tells them to be fruitful and multiply. Okay. So, um, the world is like, it was all destroyed, right? The earth was destroyed, like the plants, the animals that weren't on that ark, the people, they're all gone. And so now Noah and his three sons have been charged to repopulate the earth. And so he also told them that fear and dread um, of them will be on all the animals on the earth. So the animals in the air, the animals in the sea, the animals that, um, just all the animals, okay? Everything that exists on the earth as far as living, um, they will fear people. So they'll have like, so basically people will have dominion over the animals. So we know this, right? All right. 
So um, every moving thing. Okay. And then he tells them that the moving, the living creatures can be food that, and then the herb of the herbs of the land. So like the plants and stuff, so they can eat the animals and they can eat the um, plants and the green things that are okay to eat, I guess as well. Okay. But they aren't to eat flesh with its lifeblood or he will demand a reckoning. So that's the word of God. Like it says that. So once we get to verse six, God tells Noah and his sons, if anyone sheds a man's blood, then by man, their blood shall be shed. And he reminds them that all men and women were made in the image of God. It says all men, but I'm letting you know that it's all encompassing of people. Okay. So all men and women were made in the image of God. Then he tells them again to be fruitful and multiply. So he reminds them be fruitful and multiply so that they can populate the earth, repopulate the earth. So God, and I'm looking down at my notes, God established a covenant with them, excuse me, with their, um, and their descendants. So that's like everybody, all of us, we're all covered. Okay. If we've been here after Noah, like after the flood, which that's, we're here, right? That covenant is for all of us. And it's not only for us, it's for the animals, it's for every living thing. Um, what the covenant is, is that Flood waters will never destroy the earth again or end all mankind and living things on earth again. Flood waters will not, God will not use that as a way to end the earth um, or to end the living creatures, people, animals, all that on the earth, like to wipe everybody out. And so um, he gave a sign of the covenant, which we know as the rainbow. And that's between us and all the earth, as I said. And um, he said, whenever he sees the rainbow in the cloud, it'll also remind him that he made this covenant. God doesn't need reminders, but I feel like it's really for us, but it's his reminder. And it's also his covenant with us. And that's where the rainbow came from. It was for him to say, I won't do this again. And God is trustworthy. So he didn't even need to give us a covenant, but he did. So remember, Noah had the three sons. I told you the names of them, Ham, Sham, and Japheth, right? Ham was Canaan's father. I'll tell you why that's important later. And from his three sons, the earth was repopulated. So they, each of the sons had multiple children. It goes into that in Genesis 10, but we're focusing on Genesis 9 today. Genesis 10 covers genealogy of Noah sons and like, you know, their children. Okay. So Noah during that time becomes a farmer. And so he plants a vineyard. I don't know how lush the vineyards were, but he plants a vineyard and he, I guess, makes some wine cause he gets drunk. And so, um, when he was drunk, he fell asleep and he was uncovered in his tent. So his youngest son, Ham comes in and sees his um, father's nakedness. All right. He sees the nakedness of his father and he tells his two brothers who are outside, but Sham and Japheth, they're like, this isn't funny. You know, they go out, they go inside and they don't look at Noah's nakedness, but they cover his nakedness. So they walk in and this is what the word tells us that they walk in, they took like a cover or something and they walk in with the cover on each of their shoulders and they're backing in and then they cover their father's nakedness. And, um, it says they didn't even look, they turned away. So clearly this is something important, right? Because it's like a big deal because when Noah wakes up, Noah knows what Ham did and he curses him. 
he like says, but wait, how he curses him is by cursing Canaan, Ham's son. So Noah is so mad and so disrespected, right? That he curses Canaan, which is Ham's son and tells him he's going to be a servant of servants. That's like low level servant, right? You would think, okay, servant. I mean, you're already a servant, but no, you're the servant servant to Japheth and he's going to be a servant to um Shem so the his other brothers so and the reason why Canaan is cursed is because of Ham what he how he looked on his father's nakedness he saw his father's nakedness and then he went out and told his brothers so let me keep going all right so um what I wanted to go into detail was Noah wasn't Oh, Noah wasn't planned. So Noah blesses the Lord, stating the Lord is the God of Shem and curses Canaan to be his servant. Then he says for God to enlarge Japheth's territory, saying he will dwell in the tents of, Sh of Shem and asks God to have Canaan also be his servant. That's how mad that Noah was. At first I was like, wow, is that petty? Like, is Noah being petty right now because his son, like, looked at his nakedness? He saw his nakedness? I mean, he was laying out uncovered in his tent, but I'm it, it has to be something more, right? Um, because to me, when I'm reading, I'm like, it just doesn't seem like that big of a deal. But sometimes when we read the word of God, we're looking at it one way, but the culture is different. The times were different and how things were handled were different than they are today. And so sometimes we have to look deeper in the text to figure out what's going on with that. Okay. So then the text, the text ends the chapter with telling us that Noah lived for 350 more years. So Noah lived um, 950 years total and then he died. So looking over the passage, 1 through 17, to me, it was pretty straightforward, right? God blesses Noah and his sons, and he gives them instructions. He tells them as he did Adam and Eve, right? In the beginning, when they before they were charged to populate the earth, he told them to, um, he gave instructions to Adam. This is even before Eve was created. But now he's doing that again. He gives instructions, and then he gives restrictions. So the instructions that he gave to Noah and Noah's three sons was... Um, to be fruitful and uh, multiply. So they need to repopulate the earth. That's That was the assignment that they were given by God. So then after that, um, he they also, God also instructed Adam, he gave them restrictions. I'm sorry. He also instructed Noah and the sons by giving them restrictions. So he's now doing that in the beginning with Noah and his sons. So this shows to me, um, and like through, you know, reading the word and it just is supported throughout the word of God that God doesn't just send us out to do things. He will allow and he will he will give us instruction. So he doesn't just send us out to do things randomly like, oh, go do this, period. That's the end of it. Like God is not always one of many words where he's just going to give you every single detail to do. But when God sends us on assignment, he gives us an assignment. So there's instruction in it. Sometimes he'll give us the big, big picture and it's down the line. And we're like, wait, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, what are you telling me, God? And God is like, just do what I told you to do. Or if I said, wait, or if I said, prepare, do that. Those are the instructions you have. But then there's also things that we know because, well, we have the Bible, but there are things that God is like, just don't do that. We saw it in Genesis in the beginning when um, God gave 
Adam instruction, he was like, you can do, you can have free reign basically over this garden, but do not eat from this certain tree. And then if you do, you'll surely die. Well, we see that here with Noah and his three sons. So God does, when he's sending us out on assignment, he's giving us instructions or, you know, some type of foundation. He makes sure that we have what we need to be pleasing to him, to operate within his will. He let Noah and his sons know that they need to, what they need to do, which in this case, he told him to repopulate the earth, which is the son's assignment. He also shares, they have dominion over the animals. So he's given them like some information like these, these animals fear you. Okay. So it's like giving them authority, but he, and he also tells them that they can eat animals. And this is the first time in the word that they are, people are given permission um, or told that they can eat animals. Okay. And then they can also eat the herbs of the ground and then lays out the restrictions. So he's saying they can eat, but not, so they can eat flesh, but not flesh with lifeblood as lifeblood in this time was considered sacred. Cause now I've, people be eating like, I feel like, you know, they be medium rare and all that, but anyways, so and rare. So anyways, this emphasizes a respect for life. So when I look that up, if the significance in that, it just signifies and represents the um, respect for life. So the concept of if this is not followed, there will be a reckoning because it, it says that verbiage, like it will be a reckoning. It reminds me of in the beginning when God was giving Adam instructions and he said, if you eat from this particular tree, you will surely die. So in this instance, God is like, if you are, um, not following these restrictions that I'm giving you, they'll, you'll be held accountable and experience consequences. So if, if they're disobedient, so God tells them straight out that there'll be a reckoning. So God establishes his covenant and he shares the signs of the covenant. So the rainbow, right? He tells them, I won't do X, Y, and Z anymore. Like you'll, you won't experience them. There being a flood that wipes out everything, the whole world, like that just is just messes up the earth, um, take wipes out everybody and all the creatures, etc. Like we won't do that. Okay. That won't be happening again. And then the rainbow is the sign of the covenant just so that God's remembering. And we also remember that God said, this is not going down and he's trustworthy. So we believe him, right? Okay. We know God keeps his promises. So we know the world won't be destroyed that way by flood ever again. Um, now we get into where Noah gets drunk. So this is the part right here. So one through 17, I feel like it's pretty straightforward. God said what he said. He gave the instructions. He gave the restrictions. That's it. Well, now we get into Noah. So Noah is now a farmer. I don't know. I don't recall reading um, as of yet what he did before he was a farmer. I know he was a righteous man, but now he's like, okay, I'm about to be a farmer. So Noah's a farmer now and Noah plants a vineyard and now he's, he gets drunk and then um, he falls asleep in his tent and his son Ham sees him uncovered in his, he sees his father's nakedness. And then he tells his brothers and they go in without looking. So we went over this, that we, they go in without looking and they um, cover their father's nakedness. So when Noah wakes up and is sober, he knows what went down and he curses Canaan, which is Ham's son because of Ham's sin, because of what Ham did. So the act, like I said, to me, it seemed like 
him cursing him, I was like, is that a bit over the top? Like seeing his father's nakedness and telling his brothers right then, I mean, it might've been a little immature, but it seems that this over the top action by Noah was warranted, even though we didn't, I didn't know why at first. Okay. So this is, so that's why we can't just assume anything. We have to look a little deeper and see what the word is saying. So I looked into what it meant to uncover a father's nakedness and found that this passage emphasizes Ham's disrespect or like dishonor. But then I was like, okay, so I had to look up where is this mentioned in the Bible other than here? And so um, it said that he saw. So his father was in the tent uncovered and Ham saw, he looked, he saw his father's um nakedness so if you go and yeah it seems simple enough but let me tell you what it really what it meant to uncover one's nakedness so in Leviticus 18 it talks about when I looked that up it talks about laws of sexual morality and I'm going to read it Leviticus 18 verses 6 through 7 it reads none of you shall approach anyone who is near or kin to him to uncover his nakedness I am the Lord the nakedness of your father or the nakedness of your mother, you shall not uncover. She is your mother. You shall not uncover her nakedness. The nakedness of your father's wife, you shall not uncover. It is your father's nakedness. So your father's nakedness is the nakedness of his wife, according to Leviticus 18, 6 through 7. So there's two schools of thought. Um, I don't know if there's any more than that, but I know there's two schools of thought that um, argue back and forth of what it means in Genesis nine, when it says that he saw his nakedness and it makes sense why there's two schools of thought. One, they just believe that it was just disrespect or honor. Whereas the other one thinks that Ham did something inappropriate with his mother. And so, um, and I get why it's confusing. So when I looked into it further, if you look at Leviticus 20 and 11, sorry, let me turn there. It reads, the man who lies with his father's wife has uncovered his father's nakedness. Both of them shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. What? That's if they uncover their nakedness. So I understand why there's two schools of thought when it comes to that passage, right? Because that right there, that's some, that's incestuous and that's like, super disrespectful that's dishonorable then you understand you're like whoa well it makes more sense right it's not just him like oh i saw my dad and he wasn't wearing anything when he was in the tent which could have been the case but when you look at that you're like whoa but we have to pay close attention to the detail right so the detail that we could have missed in that is he did not uncover his father's nakedness his father was already uncovered but he saw his father's nakedness and he went and told his brothers. So um, Ham saw his father and that's the key part. And I think that's why it's important that when we read the word, we go back and reread it because when I saw it at first, I was like, Oh my gosh, he uncovered his father's nakedness. What does that mean? I went into, and I looked it up and looked at the passages that had to do with uncovering nakedness. And I was like, Oh my gosh, he did what? But then when I read it, I read it in multiple versions so that I would make sure that I was reading it correctly. The word that I saw that the Bible emphasizes is saw, not uncovered. So yeah, I know like all that to say, I believe according to what I read, I don't believe he did anything incestuous based off of that. Regardless, Ham was cursed um, 
because of whatever he saw. So he may have seen her nakedness or maybe his father's. However, he didn't lie with her because that's uncovering. It says um, Noah was uncovered in his tent. He saw his father's nakedness. It didn't. When I read those scriptures, it does not go into detail stating just seeing it says uncovering. So that's why I would have to be with the school of thought that he did something dishonorable and disrespectful. Maybe he saw it, but he didn't do it. And Noah, regardless, wasn't playing. He was like, look here, you're about to be cursed. Your son's about to be cursed. So take that. And I don't know why Noah chose Canaan. I don't know why, because when I looked at the, um, the lineage in Genesis 10, I didn't see where it said. Canaan was the oldest. I mean, he could have been, maybe he was the only one that was there at the time, but he had different children. He had more children. Ham had different, more children than just Canaan. So I don't know why he chose them, but all I do know is Noah was not playing with that one. He said, I'm sure there was more. Now I'm sure there's more to the story. Essence. I'm sure there's more to the story. Um, but that's what had happened. So (laughs) that's what went down in Genesis nine. It's super crazy. I encourage you to read Genesis 10 as well so that you can see that they had more kids. They were populating the earth like God told them. Um, But I'm not going to cover Genesis 10 in next week's lesson more so or episode more so. um, I do encourage you to read Genesis nine, which was what we covered today and Genesis 10. But what I gathered from this passage, what I got, was don't be messing around being disrespectful and dishonoring your family because you could get cursed. (laughs) But more so, um, when God sends you out, he usually gives you some kind of instruction. Like he gives you, he says, Hey, I have this for you. It doesn't. And then he gives you restrictions like don't do. And yes. And when we ask God, he will come through for us. Okay. Even if we feel we can't hear him, sometimes we need to silence ourselves and really listen because he speaks. So it's important for us to make sure that we know if God called you to something, if God gave you a vision, if he told you to do something, it doesn't matter the time that passes, God will complete his work in you. Just be obedient and allow him to lead you and guide you. Don't get discouraged, which is easier said than done, in my opinion. Don't get discouraged because the time takes a long time. Remember, Noah was at sea. He was in the water, in the on the flood waters for him and his family and all those animals that had to be stinky, right? He was on that water for close to a year, if not a little over a year of his life. I would feel in that moment that I was forgotten about. I would feel in that moment that God gave me all these instructions to leave me, but know that if you've done everything he's told you to do, all you can do is wait. And sometimes that's what you're called to do. There is a season sometimes of waiting where we have to be patient and trust God and allow him to have his way. And trust me, please believe he will. So thanks for tuning in for this episode of Oh, I almost said the other podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Bible study. I truly appreciate you being here. I hope you got something from it. This one was very interesting because I got to look over and see like, and I've heard other people say that it happened one way and it maybe it did. But according to what I read and the detail of the words, because I feel like the Bible's specific in the areas that it's specific in. And then it's vague in other areas where it can be because those things are, they're not, that not that they're irrelevant, but they may not matter to this, what the story is conveying. So you can't tell me this Bible is boring. Not only is it laced with instruction, 
on how we should be living, on how to get through, on how God is always there with promises, with purpose. It's just like, it's just nuggets, just information for us. But it's also wrapped in people's real life of stuff that went down. Because, you know, people love them some reality TV. I'm not going to lie. Love it. However, this Bible, you can be following that and really not be in this word. This Bible is juicy. There's a lot going on. So I encourage you to read the Bible. Okay. And I always encourage you to read anything that I cover in the Bible because I am a human being. I am not perfect. And so it's important. I don't care who your pastor is. I don't care who you were raised by. I don't care how knowledgeable any individual may be. It is important to allow Holy Spirit to reveal truths to you directly in his word. So it's important to listen to the word, to read the word and know what it says for yourself. Because if you don't, people can tell you anything and you'll just believe it. And we don't want to be gullible. We don't want to fall for anything. Okay. So what does the word say? Uh, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. So get that knowledge, read the Bible. Okay. So if you haven't read Genesis 9 and 10, I encourage you to do so. So that's what we covered today. 10 is the genealogy of Noah, but nine is what we went over. Maybe there's something that I missed. And if so, put it in the comments. I am growing. I am learning. And I love to learn. Holy Spirit is revealing new things to me all the time. And I am open to receive what God has for me. And I pray that you are blessed by anything that I've shared today because it's not me. It's of him. So please, again, like, share, subscribe, comment, and hit that notification bell so that whenever a new episode drops, you are in the know, you are aware. Okay. And then next week or next episode, whenever you listen to it, I will be talking about the Tower of Babel. So Genesis 11, I'll be spilling the tea on the Tower of Babel. And that's a good one too. So I hope you tune in again. If you haven't already, check out the previous episodes and you guys stay blessed. I hope you have a wonderful week. I hope you've learned something here. Read your Bible, get into it because it's not boring, but I'll see you next time when I spill the tea on the word of God. You guys stay blessed and I love you.